We looked this morning that the issues of life are always hard issues, that um, commandments 4 through 10 end up being a problem to us when commandments 1 through 3 are not right in our life. And 1 through 3 deal with our worship of God, that have no other God before me, not take any graven image, and not take God's name in vain, or not attach God's name to anything that he is not for. And that is taking God's name in vain as well. And we dealt with this aspect, if our worship of God is not foremost in our life, everything else in our life will run into problems. And um, ultimately, it will end up in, in shame and dishonor because we were made to have fellowship with God. We were made to have a relationship with God. We were made to worship God. And we asked the question tonight, that every one of us have already answered in our lives, what do you deem is worthy of worship? We worship various things in our life, every one of us. And in the book of Isaiah, God brought a message to the Israelites that was a strong message, and part of it, We read in Isaiah chapter 1, beginning in verse 13 is where I'll begin reading. The Lord says, Bring no more futile sacrifices. Incense is an abomination to me. The new moons, the Sabbaths, and the calling of assemblies. I cannot endure iniquity and the sacred meeting. Your new moons and your appointed feasts my soul hates. They are a trouble to me. I am weary of bearing them. When you spread out your hands, I will hide my eyes from you. Even though you make many prayers, I will not hear. Your hands are full of blood. Wash yourselves. Make yourselves clean. Put away the evil of your doings from before my eyes. Cease to do evil. Learn to do good. Seek justice. Rebuke the oppressor, defend the fatherless, plead for the widow. Verse 18, a verse we're very familiar with, and he gives the cure to their problem. Come now and let us reason together, saith the Lord. Though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. Though they be red like crimson, they shall be as wool. If you are willing and obedient, You shall eat the good of the land. But if you refuse and rebel, you shall be devoured by the sword, for the mouth of the Lord has spoken. So here, a very, very strong message where God says, You are bringing me your offerings, you are um, offering up prayers, and he says, In essence, I'm sick of it. I hate it. I don't want to hear it. And they may have said, well, 
we're, we're bringing the best that we have. Or why don't you want it? And he said to them, along the line of what we touched on this morning, I am not content to be in a room in your house or to have a certain floor of your house. I want to be worshipped because I am God. God has every right to be jealous, and he is a jealous God. And it comes down to us, what we decide in our life is worthy of worship. First of all, we have to realize we are all worshipers. Every one of us. It's not a matter of, um, let me see if, if I am worshiping something. No, every one of us is worshiping something or someone or many things. We are all worshipers. In um, the book Sacred Marriage that deals with um, having a marriage that honors God, Gary Thomas said, we were made to worship. If we don't grow in our worship of God, we will descend to worship something or someone else. Power, money, our reputation, a sports team, it could be anything. He said, if we do not grow in our worship of God, we will descend, and it is important that we understand that, we will descend to worship something or someone other than God. That's why um, one of the reasons I give either the book or the DVD to couples getting married, sacred marriage, because, you know, it's, it's easy to come into a marriage And you ought to have a great love for each other, but that should be built upon a great love for God. And if we do not build and grow in our worship of God, we will descend, we will settle to worship something else or someone else or many other things. But you are a worshiper. I am a worshiper. And we worship different things. Often, we're good at this in in Christianity. We even want God to help us in our worship of our God. Think of the blasphemy of that. I mean, in, in understanding what that is, and God said to the people of Isaiah, I will have no part of that. You know, I I am very patriotic, but we can't worship America. God isn't here to to in in essence make America the shining light on a mountain. We are to worship God. And in understanding you know, God has a very special place for America. He has a very special place for the family. He has a very special place for a marriage. 
But anything we love more than we love God means that God is not worshipped in our heart. We, 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 we love to divide it up and think, no, I'm here tonight. I'm worshiping God. We can be here tonight and think that we're worshiping God, but we're worshiping our own idols. And that's exactly what he's dealing with here in Isaiah. Exactly what he's talking about. And, and in this, he, he then refers to it in Isaiah 29 and verse 13. And he repeats this in the New Testament. The Lord said, Inasmuch as these people draw near me with their mouths and honor me with their lips, but have removed their hearts far from me, and their fear toward me is taught by the commandment of men, he said, because of that, I will bring judgment. We are all worshipers. Secondly, we worship what we esteem is worthy. The word worship is an old English word that literally means worth. Something that you give worth to, that you place value upon. We deem things worthy of bringing us joy, worthy of providing pleasure, worthy of uh, bringing us fulfillment or satisfaction. And, and we, don't, we don't consciously, in many cases, say, ah, this will bring me satisfaction, so I am going to pursue that. But we give it our energies, we give it our thoughts, we give it our, our, the best of our lives, and God says, wait a minute. That's what you're going after. Is it worthy of your worship? Do you understand only God is worthy of worship? Nothing else, no one else is worthy of worship. And and let me just quickly give you just a few basic reasons. Only God is perfect. Only God is eternal. I mean, right, just number one, only God is perfect. Who do you know or what do you know that is perfect? The reality is only God is perfect. So he should be the one that I acknowledge in my life, you are worthy of my best. Only God is perfect, only God is eternal, only God is all-powerful, only God is all-knowing, only God is ever-present, only God can forgive sins. I mean, right there, the major problem, the problem that we have in life is sin. And what we're remembering this week is the payment of our sin to bring forgiveness of sin, God is worthy because of his death and resurrection right there alone. We, we need no other reason. But God didn't answer this prayer, and God hasn't done that. He's forgiven your sins. He's uh, justified you. He's adopted you into his family and rescued 
you and I from an eternity in the lake of fire, worthy is the lamb that was slain. See, the, the hosts in heaven are singing the song, worthy is the lamb. He is worthy. Only he can forgive sins. Only he can give us victory over sin. Only God will bring justice. It doesn't matter who is appointed to the Supreme Court or who gets approved to the Supreme Court. Only God can bring justice. There, there is not justice in this life. Only God can make things right. He will make all things right. Only God is worthy of worship. I can remember throughout my life looking back to various things, individuals that I looked up to and, and then would be disappointed when I'd find out things that, wow. I don't care what human being you look to, you're going to find out things that will disappoint you. Except God. Only God is worthy of worship. And worshiping God involves, and and we're going to list, this comes from a definition by a man that lived in the early 1900s, and, and just breaking down this definition. Worshiping God involves, first of all, submission to all the nature of God. Submission of our all. To the nature of God. Do you understand? Worship is bowing down to one who is worthy. And it's a submission of our all to the nature of God. This is likened unto salvation, where we come and we submit. I am a sinner. I am. I am guilty before you, and I deserve your judgment, and I submit to you, and I am bowing to your nature. Worship is the quickening of the conscience by His holiness. When we trust Christ as Savior, the Spirit of God dwells within our hearts, and He awakens our conscience And as we obey the Spirit of God, He awakens our conscience in holiness and He draws us daily, moment by moment, more to the image of God. And this is what brings delight to God. This is worship. It is the ministry of the Holy Spirit that we obey. It involves the nourishment of the mind with His truth. How do I nourish my mind with his truth? It means the word of God. If if we are not nourishing our mind with truth personally, it doesn't matter how good you may feel in your worship time. God says, I'm tired of hearing it. In fact, he says... That if we turn away our ear from hearing the law of God in Proverbs, he said, I'll turn away my ear from hearing your prayer. 
Worship must be based on the Word of God, saturating our mind with the Word of God, the nourishment of the mind with His truth. It is the purifying of our imagination by His beauty. The more you're in the Word and meditating on God, the more you're going to see there is nothing that compares to God. And to begin to see the beauty of God and to understand He is worthy of honor and worthy of glory and worthy of praise and He is worthy of my all. It is the opening of the heart to His love. Of, of coming before Him and and saying, God, I need you, and I am dependent upon your love. I am dependent on your mercy. It is the surrender of my will to his purpose. Know what most of us do? We spend our life trying to get God on board with our purpose. God has no part in that. He wants us to surrender our will to his purpose. Yielding to his purpose. And this is, this is what involved, it is involved in, in the worship. We, we have limited worship in our mind to a gathering together and singing songs or, um, we even have, um, worship songs, so to speak. But do you understand? God does not accept all worship. We read that in Isaiah. We read it in, in Micah. We read it in the New Testament that we offer to God from unholy hands. God says, I don't want it. The illustration that we gave this morning, you give him a room in your house, God wants the whole house. And understand this, that what we worship will someday be revealed. We can, I can be here tonight preaching the word of God and be living in idolatry. But what I worship will someday be revealed. And we choose what we think is worthy. Do you understand um, all these sin problems we talked about this morning, coveting, committing adultery, they, they all come back because we're worshiping things. We're worshiping sex. We're worshiping our reputation. We're worshiping this. It all comes back because we're not worshiping God. We haven't considered Him to be worthy. And if you take care of the first command to love God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and all your strength, we'll see these other things take be taken care of. But we get this idea that, well, God ought to be happy with with 
what I do give him. No, God is worthy of our all and of our best. And when we put him on the throne of our heart, when we truly worship him, which involves submission to his nature, submission to his will, and and saturated in his word and submissive to his spirit, that is worship that God holds dear to his heart. We need to say, God, help me to see my heart the way you see it. I mean, this that you read in Isaiah chapter 1 and Isaiah 29 and Micah 6, it says it again. And in other passages, those are strong statements. I'm, I will, I don't, I'm tired of your prayers. I, I will not listen to them. Why? These were his own people because of the idolatry of the heart. You're worshiping yourself. You're, I mean, Wednesday night we heard him say that our, our heart is a perpetual idol factory. We're just putting out idols. Grace Baptist Church can become an idol. Our family can become an idol. Um, the Bible itself can become an idol. We worship the Bible, but we don't obey it. I mean, do you see how, how deceitful our hearts are? We can worship good things, but not God. I mean, these people were praying. They were offering sacrifices. They were serving. And he said, I'm sick of it. I don't want to hear it. You know, I, I've said often, I've said um, in, in personal conversations, just, just locally, honestly, if, if everybody in Lucas and Wayne County that professes to be a Christian really, if, if we all were Christians, this whole, these, this two county area would be completely different than it is today. I mean, I, there were a bunch of people in church all over the, this county today. So why isn't it working out? Because we're worshiping ourselves, we're worshiping something else, and we give God a bone over here. And God said, if, if in our nation, I fear in Christianity... It's a, it's a pagan Christianity that, that we attach God to it, but we're really worshiping ourselves. And do you know what? God's going to reveal what we're worshiping. Because everything we worship except God will fail us. And the day is going to come, the only thing you will have will be God. And the reality is, Everything else will fail. Everything else. That's why it is imperative that we build our life on the Lord Jesus Christ. That's why, you know, the greatest problem in our nation tonight is we as Christians ought to be crying out to God, God, help me to worship you. 
bring a revival of, of worship of you, of submitting to you, of obeying you, of walking in your spirit? And as we do that, God can bring to our own personal hearts a a revival of our walk with him. But be prepared. He's going to start pinpointing and saying, this is your God. That's why I encourage you to grab those x-ray questions that are out there on the back table and and personally go through those or with someone else go through them and think, We are all idolaters. And the greatest idol most of us have is self. I love me self. I love me so. We do. We don't need to learn to, you know, the psychology. You need to learn to love yourself. No, we love ourselves from the very beginning. No one had to teach a baby to love itself. That's the problem. We must love God. Heavenly Father, I pray that you would penetrate our hearts, my heart, and show me the gods in my life. Show me what I am giving worth to, what I am looking to, to satisfy what I am looking to to meet needs that only you can meet. And Lord, I pray that you would bring a, do a work in each of our hearts, a work of revival, and that we would know the purifying work of you. Lord, I pray that we would not just dismiss these thoughts today, these aspects of truths of how people change, but, Lord, that we would allow your word to do a deep work in our hearts. We pray in Jesus' name.